Well, this life that I've been living ain't too easy on the soul. Sometimes you gotta give in and let that whiskey flow. When you're feeling lost down and low. Well, whiskey, come and take my pain. No, my heart needs my brain. Oh, whiskey, don't you let me go. Whiskey, won't you help me hide this pain I have inside. Oh, whiskey, don't you let me go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to take two of episode 22 of The Gentleman's Breakfast. We've already gotten our first technical fault of the year mm-hmm. out of the way, uh, which I think is great. Hand um, I'm joined here by you know our co-host, Seamus. Seamus, how are you this year? Doing well. Uh, really excited for this year. Lots of things are changing. Uh, eighth year running, Jake. Really excited about that. Um Hopefully we match um, the amount of listeners to the years that we've been running it on this episode. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, here, I'm ready to go. I'm looking around in this new year and not much has changed. I'm already reaching the end of my standard two-year employment cycle here. Uh, where, you know, I'm I'm looking back nostalgically on all my previous jobs saying, you know, those were, those were the glory days, even though I quit those in the same way. I have 60 days left. Uh, in my current contract, it might be just under sixty now. Do, is uh, it, not are, are I, there? You still think there's any attempts to keep you? Uh, well, we are in the midst of their attempt to keep me. Um, How's that been going? I, no, no, no. I mean, I tried to quit. I quit four months ago. Yeah. And uh, they, we negotiated a six-month contract to stay. Yeah. And I like I rejected it. Every single time that they tried it for two weeks straight, and mm-hmm. then finally they came back at one point, and I was I, w- it was one of those things where I said yes, and I was visibly angry <laughs> uh, that I was going to have to say yes and stay for six months. Interesting, but it'll end up being worth it. It'll give me some more runway on this one, and uh, you know, some more time to focus on the show, which I think we all know is my true passion. That's great speaking, to hear. I like to hear that. No, speaking of the show, we have just heard. Uh, Whiskey by Tahone Street Corner Thieves, uh, a local band here in Denver. Um, as Seamus already mentioned during take one of the intro, not a whole lot going on in this song. No. Uh, basically the same line the entire time, but it is a great line. These guys write a good hook. They know when they have a good hook. And they have a simple traditional folk band with a banjo, a guitar, a standing bass, and a washboard. And the washboard player is badass to see live. He has like a skateboard strapped to his washboard. Mm. He's slapping around on it. They have no no drummer or anything else complex like that going on. Basically, every song is just like what you just heard. If you're into it, you're already into it. Hit it up on Spotify. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Seamus? Yeah. Just, uh, you know, numb my heart, ease my brain. Don't let me go, old whiskey. I don't drink for pleasure. I drink for cheap. thought that was pretty interesting. That's a good line, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, because you're expecting them to say something else, and they come and they hit you with the cheap. They subvert your expectations. Although I doubt that they actually drink drink for cheap. Um, getting back to your work. What stuff, do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? I think Go they've on. probably elevated past that. They don't drink cheap whiskey. Once you start mm. drinking whiskey, this you know what? There's only few people that like once you start drinking something a lot, you stay at the low bar. Right. Like most people, like 
you start drinking crappy beer, you drink better beer. You start drinking crappy wine, you drink better wine. Same thing with whiskey. There are some people that hold out and just like resistant to change that still just drink Coors Light or Bud Light or things of that nature, which I commend those people, right? They just don't change their palate. But I, I find it hard to believe if you have songs about whiskey and people buying you gifts that you're not drinking nicer whiskey. Well, with beer, those are beers that have a function to them, like Coors Light or whatever. I still drink Coors Light because um, it's lower calorie and, and lighter. But on whiskey, yeah, everyone starts at the Jim Beam and then you work your way on up. I don't know. You I'll still purchase Coors Light? Like you buy yeah. Coors Light? I would buy an 18 rack of Coors Light if I'm trying to cut the LBs, Seamus. Yeah. Right? And I'm trying to drink a little bit less. Uh, for a while there, when I had first started this diet, probably like three months ago was this right after i said that you may have had more covid symptoms because of your weight do you think that spawned <laughs> the diet timeline wise you're not wrong <laughs> but in terms of connection you couldn't be further from the truth okay that statement had no effect on my life Seamus. i want you to, i need you i want the i want that. the listeners to know too well, some of the listeners have come up to me individually and said i think that was a well-placed discussion no I didn't hear that. That didn't rattle around in my brain for any longer than the time that it took you to record it incorrectly, despite all the times that I've taught you how to use the recording app. Uh, well, I know you just blitzed through a couple holidays. Um, was uh, was your holidays anything like really exciting? Any in-law visits? Man, we did we did a ten day tour for the holidays, starting. Um, Starting out with a trip to Mexico, we went to Sayulita to go to a wedding for a wedding for people that we barely know that don't know that I have a podcast that aren't going to listen to this. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it was a gorgeous wedding, but you know they had they've rescheduled their wedding like three or four times or something. We've met these people twice in Austin and Denver, um, and they had rented out this whole hotel. And basically every other person that would be reasonable to come to the wedding that they could get is going to save these guys like another, you know, thousand or fifteen hundred bucks or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, They've already paid for everything. So. uh, So like in your determination to go to this wedding, you're like, well, this looks like a nice little vacation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, these are good people. Like I, you know, had enjoyed the limited time that we had spent with them. And it was it, it was a solid outing in time during which we didn't have to plan any dinners or anything like that because we were just going to all the wedding shit um nice we went on we had a one fishing excursion i got to learn that michelle is not making it up when she says that she gets seasick she really does get seasick as someone who doesn't really get seasick you know i have a tendency unless i'm like really presented with it to not believe it um Mm. I learned my say. lesson on that one. I watched her puke off the side of the boat. She did it in the most graceful way that you possibly yeah. could. Um, but yeah, sorry. We did that in Mexico outing. Then we went to Texas to see my parents. Then we flew to Boston to see her family and did that for three days. It was snowing. I was wearing Sperry's out in the snow, speaking of inappropriate footwear, because I couldn't oh. pack boots or whatever like i packed in one bag for a 10-day voyage that includes mexico Mm. and then we made it on back home and then the prisoner you know said the line that she always says when we get back home which is i'm so happy to be home and i gave my standard response which is 
that's a huge lie because tomorrow you're going to be talking about your next plan next to trip. leave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Jake, we changed the oil on November 13th and we put 4,500 miles on the car traveling to Phoenix for Thanksgiving. Wow. And then traveling to Seattle for Christmas. Was that because of Nala? Nala. Mm-hmm. We've got to bring the queen, the dog everywhere. Um, which is that's fair. It's yeah. a good, you know, it's it's a good enjoyment. But as we were traversing down the last trip, um, my wife Mallory said, oh, "Are we going to stop traveling for a while?" And I go, "Yeah." And then <laughs> I want to say less than thirty minutes later, it's like, "Well, where's our next trip going to be?" <laughs> so uh, I'll tell you what, it was a great time seeing her family, her friends. They all get super fired up. They all go out, hang out, have a bunch of drinks. And then, you know, hang on with their family. You always remember the negative and you don't focus on the positive. I want to try to focus on the positive of seeing my family where I enjoyed them. I enjoyed watching their children interact. My mm-hmm. brother has a nice home. That's that's where I'm going to end there. Where I don't know why we think after four or five days with the same people where we haven't been in this scenario in 25 years why we think it's going to be positive right like put in everybody in a house like the first couple days are good and then we get snowed in the day after christmas and you know after four days of paw patrol i don't want to go hang out in the living room there's not enough wine and beer that we've played all the board games i just want to just like veg out in the room and watch tv i have seen several minutes of Paw Patrol and that is a show that looks like it was written by it. It was completely written, produced, and created by a supercomputer somewhere in a basement in LA. Right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't look like any human being has touched it. Because almost everything that comes out of people's and by people I mean dogs, faces in that show, sounds completely alien. Like something that no human being would ever say. Yeah. Um it's terrifying. Uh, it's, it's, I, I'm also, I'm fortunate that there are nice hotels that are, I mean, I don't know if it's because of COVID, so they can't like charge anything or whatever, but there are nice hotels that are not expensive that are right near where both my sister lives now in Dallas and, um, where, uh, the prisoner's family, uh, lives. Uh, so you, you can get by for like a hundred bucks a night. And, you know, it's the two of us, and we stay in the hotel the whole, t- whole time. It's great. Speaking of nice hotels, we tried to break up the trip a couple times. So on the drive back from Thanksgiving, we stayed in Santa Clarita, which is north of L.A. You're driving back from Arizona or where? Arizona, north of yeah. L.A. And I'm like, oh, decent-sized town. Let's try, like, a low-end yeah. Marriott, Fairfield Inn. Uh, watching people eat at the buffet there at 7 o'clock on the dot. There was a buffet at the Marriott. Well, like the continent, the, you know, the Continental Breakfast. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But it's not Good really breakfast. a Marriott. I don't like. I I'm not attuned yeah. to the Marriott levels. Like um, this is bottom tier Marriott. Right, you're stuff. at like a Fairfield Inn or something. Yeah, right. So some akin to that. Yeah. So then that one wasn't a wasn't a terrible experience. Wasn't a great experience. You know, it existed. It was fine. It worked. I was left to book the hotel for Chris, uh, New Year's Eve because I didn't want to drive all the way back from Seattle, which is you know 13 hours back to san francisco 
So I said, you drive, so you drove from Arizona to Seattle? No, so, sorry. Arizona was the first part. That was the last yeah. tail back for Thanksgiving. And then we spent two weeks up in Seattle. So on the on the voyage back um, okay. from Seattle, after white knuckling through some snow, sure. um, we're driving back. I'm like, let's just do eight or nine hours. Let's pick a town. Let's get to uh, Northern California. What town could we stay in? And if you look at it on a map on the I-5, Redding. you're like, Redding. Redding is where you go. And I'm yep. like, this is a sizable town. They got to have a decent. I think there's a hundred thousand people there. Like, there's got to be a decent something like that, yeah. Decent hotel. So I start surfing, and I'm like, well, I can't go too low. Like, I'm not going to stay at a motel, seventy, eighty, ninety dollars. I'm like, one thirty. There's some good BLS land out there that some of our friends and I camped on one time. BLS. The BLS is the uh, or no BLM. Sorry, a, a bureau Bureau of Land Management. It's like. Federal land that hasn't been turned into a national park or hmm. na- or a national forest area or a state park, but it's still owned by the federal government, and you can just Got go it. camp on it. Got it. it. It's very pretty. Like, you can see Shasta. You wake up. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I decided to go for the comfort suites in, in Redden. Sure. And the wife, we're driving. She's like, well, let's get some food beforehand. Everything's closed in. The restaurants are closed in. She's like, well, let's go to Safeway. I'm like, okay. You want like mm-hmm. She likes the Safeway sandwiches or... Whatever you get at Safeway. Yeah. We're walking over to Safeway. Get some Redding sushi. Could have got some Redding, Redding sushi. Redding Safeway sushi. You always know, and I, I hate to, to judge it by this, but you know by the lack of mask wearing, where it says mask are required, and the mm-hmm. amount of people that are not wearing masks, kind of what the vibe of the establishment is going to be. Does that make sense? Sure. So it says it's required. I'm going to say maybe 40% are actually wearing masks in there including the employees and we're walking over there and I'm going to just get wine. She's going to get the food. And I see some guy just choking down a chicken thigh, just rips it off and just starts eating it while he's got a whole other plate of chicken. And I'm like, you're just trying to get a cheaper meal here. And like right over the, Oh wait, he's no way. He's standing in line. So he's at the hot server, the hot server self-serve thing. And he's got one in his mouth and he's got the plate full plate anyways and he's just ripping at it and I was like, <laughs> but he's gonna have to go weigh it what's he planning to do with this bone did he did he did you watch what he did with the bone did he i didn't it? stay around i was like more in awe like i want to know if he pitched it or if he tried to hide it under the chicken the good chicken or if he just with no shame went to weigh this plate of chicken <laughs> with just a bare bones sitting on top i don't think he plans on paying for that it's like hey i i ate it how do you know prove it right like yeah nobody in safeway is really going to stop him and i was like i mean well, at that pre- point at that point why don't you just walk out with the plate <laughs> i mean you, you could i mean i was in awe it's like am i am i watching like are we on the serengeti or am i watching like animals eat animals like i just i was taken back a little bit i'm like okay well that's fine but there's a, there's lots of stuff there, so we pull into the Comfort Inn, and you know, like when you start pulling off the highway, it's right how, off the. IPhone. How large was this man? Normal sized guy, no more he than twenty. Normal. He, he he wasn't fat. No, he wasn't huge. Maybe no more than twenty or thirty pounds overweight, if that. Wow. Yeah, he was normal sized guy. I want uh, to see the rest of this guy's life so badly. Yeah. So then, that was a little dramatizing for the wife. Then we went across the street, grabbed, grabbed some Habit Grill grab some sandwiches and then I, I go to check into the comfort suites and we pull off the i5 and it's like a really sketchy road and there's all these little hotels bundled in the back here and 
There's some fenced off area, which looks like some drifters may live there. It's a very sketchy looking hotel upon entering into the parking lot. And I can tell it's, there's a little tension life like it's a hotel yeah i mean it's gonna be like that sure where are we staying and it's a place to sleep though yeah it's a place to sleep so there's signs that say it's not gonna get any better near there we are sold out no parties tonight we are sold out no rooms available so i walk in i was like hey i have a reservation she's like okay um do you have an animal with you i said yes so by being honest about the animal i think we got downgraded to the animal rooms Okay. Yeah, I think we might have had a nicer room. And she's like, well, I got to switch it here. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then I go, I go, hey, do you have a wine opener? She goes, no. I go, <laughs> what? Nowhere in the facility we have a wine why are opener? You, why are you expecting a comfort in that's not in wine country, by the way? I, I'd love if you're like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we came out to see wine country, right? <laughs> it's around here, right? You're in Redding. How far are we from California. Sonoma? Um, and this she's is like, this is very similar to like if you went to a comfort inn in Oklahoma and asked for a wine open. I, I mean, I disagree. Like everybody, you've seen those little like wine keys where it's literally like a yes. key and you pop it out and you make it a corkscrew. Yeah, they're not stocking that for the motel goers. Also, they don't want the mo- the. You think a bunch of winos in there? One, they're buying screw cap wine. Two, you think they you, you would want to help them get into that? So did you did you figure out the Jerry Rig solution to this? Yeah, but it also gets better. Where I said, "What?" Like I was so perplexed. She's like, "What?" We used to have. How are you perplexed by this? At least nowhere in the establishment motel. Have you've lived in California for that long? Tell Seamus, you're not an uppity guy. Okay, I know this. I know that deep down in your brain, you know that a comfort in is not going to have. Like what you expect to be paying like a corkage fee? Do you expect a sommelier to come out? <laughs> no, I just I was hoping they had one of those cheap wine screws. They didn't have it. She's like, the customers have all st- stolen them, so we don't carry them anymore. Okay, so left alone then with a wine bottle. And yeah, no and I go to YouTube and I go to YouTube, it. try to figure it out. You have, oh, you I've always heard huh? I've always heard the shoe theory, right? You just hit, you no, you hammer it in. Yeah, well, that's what I eventually did. So the shoe thing, I'm yeah. like, well, it was a nicer bottle. Like I didn't. For whatever reason, I thought that's if I, your only option. You you just hammer it through. That's what that's what I ended up doing. Um, and ended up working well. And then as actually yeah. a memorable night where the wife was obviously anxious to leave. We ended up going through wedding photos um, and thinking, <laughs> "Wow, what a beautiful that day that was." I'm glad we can relive there while we're hiding away in Redden. Did you prompt that? Is that do you have like a reel that you go to for no, soothing? I had ne- <laughs> no. That's a good call. I had never <laughs> seen the wedding photos like you know our friend had taken them all and like i knew that they existed somewhere i'm like oh let's go through them like there's videos of like there's testimonials of people like saying nice things and like you just see like the backdrop of the winery and the beach i'm like wow this is really pretty i'm like god i miss this part of california right i'm like i'm just so mm-hmm. thankful that i live in this part of the world and, and that, that fortunate and it was a you know good little hangout session um did you then, see me hammered at any point in the yeah there's a good video i shot over to you of you chugging a water um, and then there's another. Oh, I don't think that I got that video. There's another video where <laughs> Dara's did you, going. Did you send it just to me? Is it just you and I? Yeah, there's another. I, video. I did not receive. Please, please send that again. <laughs> there's another video where Dara goes around asking everybody, "Hey, leave your thoughts for the groom, and the bride," and she pans over to you, and you just stare at her for thirty <laughs> seconds. 
<laughs> don't say anything. She's just like, all right, I'll see you later, Turner. <laughs> but yeah. about right. But so then I, I, you know, we left at the crack of dawn. She wanted to get out of there at like 6.30. We got out of there 6.45. The sun's coming out right over the shafts. A beautiful view. Yeah. All different colors in the sky. And there I see <laughs> right out the back door is a Fairfield Inn, Marriott. And I said, damn, I was that close. <laughs> you didn't, like, a little bit nicer. You didn't pan around on the Google Maps. No, because they did like hotels.com, right? And I was like, okay, the number says all right. You know, they presented it well enough. And it was funny, leading up to it, Mallory's like, well, do they going to have a hot tub and a pool? <laughs> While I was checking in, Jake, she had two calls asked if the hot tub was open tonight. And I was like, this seems like a lot of activity in the hot tub. Not a place um, we're going to go tonight. No, so. no. Lesson learned there. I mean, I, I lesson learned there. Uh, but I have a burning question for you, Jake. Um, Let's hear it. When you go into people's homes during the Christmas season, Mm -hmm. do you feel obligated to comment on their Christmas tree? No, not at all. Other than just, I'll say it looks nice, and that's it. Do you mean it? Will you say it looks nice if you don't really mean it? I don't even process that as being a decision or an option. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to be able to tell if your tree's nice or not. I don't know. I don't really know what it makes nice or not. Unless there's like branches fucking missing from it and shit. Like I feel like everyone is equally skilled at putting up a decent tree. Sure, but do you feel obligated to comment on this, the tree? Like the activity of them putting the tree up? I'm going to say it looks nice. Look, I'm going to say everything in your house is the best, right? I'm going to say it oh, looks are. nice. I'm going to say that the food is good. Um, I don't know. But my experience in one of the homes that we were in during the holiday season that was mm-hmm. on my family's end of it was do you remember when we went to go see that rugby match and i had to pull out my first aid skills to yeah down in san jose yeah save one of our friends yeah i had to do that again during the holiday season what happened um do you know what a mandolin is seamus uh i know what it i've heard the name isn't it like a musical instrument yes it is it's also a cooking tool okay it's a cooking tool that's known to mutilate people horribly mandolin i don't know what the what do you do how do you it is it is a flat plane that in the middle has a a split in it Uh and it's just barely offset and then at the higher end of that flat plane there is an incredibly sharp plate like very very sharp and what you use it for is like for scalloped potatoes or if you're slicing okay. cucumbers or carrots very thin, you go back and forth across this plane now I as see opposed what... to doing it with a knife. Seen a visual and you can get is. you can get a very consistent and very thin slice on this thing. This is mm. something that restaurants would use regularly, uh, things like that. It's it's because because it's dialed in there, everything is gonna be exact with the same thickness. And because you're not having to move your hand, like you can do it very quickly. The problem is, it's it's literally so easy. You're just gliding across. People yeah. will glide across and just slice huge chunks of their hand off. Okay. So, um, I am, uh, you know, the prisoner had to do a little bit of work before our Christmas Eve meal. Uh, I'm about to leave the door to go and pick her up from the hotel uh and you're in you're in massachusetts or in texas i'm in texas okay and my mom stops me and says 
Jacob, you might need to stay for a second. Your sister just cut herself pretty badly. So I'm just thinking this is our run-of-the-mill cut. And my nephew's there, so I'm just thinking, you know, she wants to distract my nephew or whatever. So I'm talking to my nephew for a little bit so that he doesn't go over and see what's going on. And then finally, my mom's like, you need to go over there and, and look at this. So I go over and look at it, and my sister is like, she's all freaked out, mm-hmm. understandably. Um, and I look at her hand, and I mean, it's pretty bad. We'll get into maybe a little bit more graphic detail in a moment. Uh, and I, I ask, like, what first aid supplies they have or whatever. And do they have, like, the thing that I always use with that is tape to, like, compress it really tight. Mm. Um, they but don't where, have... Where is the cut? Is it on the finger? Okay. Is it on the hand? It's on her index finger. Okay. And I want you to picture she did it with a potato. And she had the potato in a claw grip. Yeah. With like her, this yeah. where, like, picture, like, wrapping your hand around something. And then your fingers are kind of coming over the top of it. Yeah. And she's slicing like this, ah, backward so she, and like, forward. she sliced the top of her finger off? It cut through the middle of her nail. Oh, yikes. Into her nail bed and cut the tip of her finger off. It cut it clean off? Like a scalloped potato. So it's it's such a thin cut, too. So it didn't go deep, but it cut right through. A tiny piece of the nail and a tiny piece of the And a tiny piece of her finger sliced off. So there's a lot of blood. Uh, it's bleeding a lot, yeah. Um, but it's bleeding a lot, but it's also, like, it's very clear this is not, there's nothing that a hospital is going to be able to do for you. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to stitch up, right? Because it's a slice like that and where it is, it's just bleeding and it's going to hurt like a son of a bitch. Um, Did you suture that baby up or what? So, I... I did the same thing that I did for our buddy before the or uh, right after that rugby match, which is, uh, yeah, we cleaned it up with some. I, I gave her the choice of hydrogen peroxide and rubbing alcohol, or rubbing alcohol, and she chose hydrogen peroxide. Fair call. Uh, and then yeah, I, I wrapped gauze around it, and then took this tape that I ran and bought and just wrapped it around there really, really tight. Um, and. Then yeah, it, it, it people should not use mandolins. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not worth it. I can tell you, it does it does not matter what you're doing with it, what you're making with it, what you're saying about how carefully people are like. Oh, I'll use the little guard thing. The little guard thing is like a pain in the ass to like put on top. Nothing slices well when you have the guard thing on top of it. It's not worth it. Just use a knife and cut it really thin. Mm. Well, ho- glad to hear your sister's okay. Um... Yeah. Um, one more Christmas topic I want to mm, get to you on. Uh, Christmas cards. Yeah. I feel like this is like the beginning of people treating you like adults. So like... Sure. Been heavy in the maze of Christmas cards the last four or five years. Somehow I've been able to dodge them prior to that. What's the shelf life of a Christmas card? For me, it depends on... How much you like them? No. Everyone's going to last for the same amount of time period in the season, whether I like you or don't. Okay. Even if I don't like you at all, if a card came up and we're doing something with the cards that year, it's going up. Previously, I would always just throw them up there on magnets to the fridge. 
My current fridge actually does not support magnets. This is how uppity this fridge is, I guess. I didn't it didn't look like too pretentious of a fridge, but you try to put a magnet on the front of it, it doesn't stick. Yeah. Uh the prisoner has created this she does this thing on string with like clothespins or yeah, something like the collage. Where she puts them up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a part of the wall where we put them up. So, you know, everyone will go up on this string. We, because we spent so much time out of out of town this year in the holidays, because we hosted both Thanksgiving and Christmas last year. Right. Which is the shit. I would much rather host and deal with everyone in my house and wait hand and foot on everyone in my house than deal with traveling and being in other yeah. people's houses. Mm-hmm. Uh we had it up this year. We didn't put it up. So I looked at him. I gave him a nice nod. And then they went in a drawer. Uh, and I'll go ahead and throw those out here in a couple of days. Yeah. I mean, are some people trying to stay connected? Like some people, I'm like, I don't really even talk to these people. I mean, what are they doing in your house? Are they well, already we just, in, we just came back from recycled? Yeah. Well, that's and I'm staring at them. They just came back. We just yep. came back from 13 days of being gone. So we got like the bevy of them just in our mail. And I'm like are these going on the fridge? He's like, no, they're probably going to the trash. I'm like, well, do, do we want to keep the, like the cuter families on there? The ones we <laughs> like more, what are we doing? These? And she's like, no, they're all going to go eventually in the trash. And I was like, okay. And it made me put a lot of thought here, Jake, as I learned um, recently that my boys are able to swim and that I will be a father soon. Ah, so there we go. That's big. No clapping on the show. I broke my own rule. <laughs> yep. So, uh, I learned that I will eventually have to tackle the same problem where do I, go, do I actually go f- photo shoot for these people? Like you start to judge and look things differently. Like, oh, these people got dressed up. These people did in their backyard. Like, where am I going to land on this? And it's like a good reminder to see like as children grow. But this oh, whole, boy. you know, looming fatherhood thing is uh, it's interesting. It changes your mindset. I would have never thought eight years ago that this is where I would be. But when, when should we be expecting O'Shea Jr.? Uh, June, June second. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, about six months. This is a, a definitely an appropriate time to announce. I respect that. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a girl. Oh, you oh, we already know. We We're already know out that too. Yeah, and then you know we've been listening to some audio tapes. Uh, pregnancy is a really mesmerizing thing. Like, I guess sure. I never put much thought into like how a baby grows. I mean, the MVP that is the placenta, everything the placenta does while <laughs> baby's in there, um, it really is uh, pretty mesmerizing. So, yeah, the wife's had a pretty good first three months. Um, we'll see how it goes. But I don't think it really dawns upon the father. It doesn't, I mean, it hits you, but it like it doesn't hit you until I'm thinking like the last month or so. You're projecting forward five. You're saying right now it doesn't feel real. Well, if it feels real, like it feels real, like it's happening. You see the evolution of her body, things are changing. Um, and then, you know, it makes you think, I'm like, well, do we throw one of these uh, baby showers? And I was like, <laughs> I'm very much against it, but baby showers produce a lot of things you don't want to buy. Yeah. If I, I can would say that's a, a legitimate time. For that kind of stuff you put up the registry or whatever mm-hmm. everyone buys some shit everyone gets to judge you for what you put in the registry <laughs> I, I think you would put very practical things in the registry I'm not gonna name names i've seen some other registries where i'm like oh what is this designer 
fucking thing here. Like this look does not look practical. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here's, all for it. But here's the caveat, right? Like I don't have any friends that live here anymore. So do we throw a virtual baby shower, or do we just say, "Hey, this is our things that we need to buy. If you want to buy, buy us something." Or is that just too? No, no, no. Yeah, I would, I would, I would put it up because you're gonna get shit regardless, right? Right. Uh, you might as well set it up so that it's shit that you want. And there's a lot of businesses that are built around like baby registries and making that easy. And I've done it before. I would definitely do that. I think it's very legitimate to do that because everyone knows for sure you don't have any baby shit in your house. So they're actually getting you something and you've picked it. So they're getting you something directly that you will use versus I'm very against like I've been thinking about this recently. We've had discussions about it. Gifts for people that are in excess of 30 years old at their wedding no go fuck yourself (laughs) right especially if this is something that i had to travel to yeah so if i had to travel to it i'm minimum out of pocket close to a thousand dollars probably sure yeah for two flights and a a hotel that is how much i have invested in our friendship in your continuing our friendship yeah congratulations the only wedding gift that I, well, I'm be straight up. The only wedding gift that I can recall giving in the last couple of years was a buddy of mine whose wedding that I couldn't make it to during COVID. Hmm. I gave him a generous wedding gift because you weren't there. I did not fly or pay for a hotel or anything else, and hmm. he would have had to pay. You know, he paid like he's still out the the plate cost for me or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I gave him a gift because that money was already spent from my end. I just wasn't able to go because of COVID. In any other situation, if you are over 30 years old, you're good, right? You don't need any glasses. You don't need any plates. Your financial situation is what you've created up to this point in time. Uh, you're almost always traveling for it because no one lives and exists just in one city anymore so all your guests are traveling and rent however the baby registry thing it's stuff that you definitely don't have you get to pick it out i think it's it's all upside there yeah well yeah i've slowed my wine consumption down because i'm like i'm gonna need diapers i'm gonna need to buy a bunch of things do i need all this wine right now so we'll see we're uh we're excited um are you starting to dial back the wine to save for the baby? Yeah, that's what I tell myself. Mm. Like, it, you realize how much of a pile of crap you are, or like where all your flaws are. It's like as you're about to introduce a new human, like, well, I don't want them to have that tendency, or like, do I really need this, or will they need this more? Um, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of thinking goes down. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how it progresses here be honest with you unless the child suffers significant brain damage or anything like that i don't think that anything that you do is really significantly going to matter until they're about three or four. Oh, for sure yeah i mean uh, even just observing uh my my siblings with their kids and all the different evolutions of where they're at and which kids help out which kids don't help out and you know you pick and choose like as a parent as a person it's not a parent you seem to I seem to judge or be like, well, I'm not going to do that or I'm going to do this. And then I recently asked my coworker who has like three small girls. I'm like, do you have any recommendations? He's like, man, as a parent, I think any parent with children knows that they have no recommendations for you and they just wish you the best of luck. <laughs> that makes sense. 
But, let me let me ask you this, Seamus. Yeah. When this was coming up, did you think about the content? I mean, when this gonna, happened? This is going to be a lot of good content. Yeah. Well, this, I this mean, is a, this is really a gold mine for the show. <laughs> what are you also? What I also dodged to illuminate. So, like when you and I became Cocoa Bros, as one of our friends refers to us when we both got COVID at the same time. Oh yeah. I also found out the day I came back from Texas after the fourth annual TIR. I found out that I was going to become a father, and then oh, two days later, so these things were synchronized. Yeah, then I tipped her off that I mm. also had COVID. So that you know that was a you know a rocky ten or twelve days there uh, while we that. isolated. That makes um, sense. But yeah, no, we're, we're had excited. you been actively trying? Um, if you don't mind me asking, you don't have no. To sure, it, we yeah. I uh, I should have looked at my genetics and saw that my family makes children quickly. Um, so. <laughs> You know, we first shot on net seemed to uh, seem to work. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, really? I'm like, okay. Um, Thought that but, this was gonna take. Uh, that's gonna take least, a few months. Uh, yeah, at least a, several weeks to several to, to maybe a few months. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's that's all I got. Anything, anything else you want to uh, chat about? It's uh, a great question. You know, one of the only other things I had written down is uh, this isn't related to literally anything that we've talked about today. Mm -hmm. One of my least favorite things on this planet Earth is when you look at someone's LinkedIn profile and it shows them like giving a TED talk, basically, like standing (laughs) on a stage with a microphone. Like actual like attached videos or just like It's just a picture of them with a microphone talking. Oh, yeah. Something. Uh, on a stage. Um, it's sometimes being interviewed, like sitting on a little couch on a stage. And this person's position is always like janitor, executive assistant, like not to demean any of these roles, right? Fake it till you make it. It's always someone who has an entry level role. Mm hmm. That's something I'd like to see less of in 2022, but I know that with the way that our society's going, I'm just going to see more of it. LinkedIn's a, a tough one. I spend a lot of time on it. Doo doo, that's unfortunately where mm-hmm. my clients live. I've um, seen your posts lately. Uh, you, I didn't see a, I didn't see a like from you, but that's okay. Uh, I, I like some of them. I'll I'll I'll, I'll get on that. And get yeah, smash more. the like button there. But yeah, it, it's an unfortunate thing that I have to do, and I hope that eventually we wean ourselves off of. LinkedIn in the next five or 10 years, because it is by far the most painfully fake social platform. I don't think that, I don't think we're going to wean ourselves off of LinkedIn. Also, there's, it's one of the only social media platforms that I'm really on. And you're on it because you have to, why else would you be on it? But I will catch myself periodically, like on the shitter, if I've run out of other content, (laughs) I will scroll through LinkedIn a little bit. Yeah. And there's nothing more depressing than realizing Holy shit! I've been looking at LinkedIn for like more than two minutes on the show. That is that is funny because I I've catch myself like in non-working hours because I spend so much time in work looking at it. Right, right. Where I'm just like I'm looking at it because I've got you have, all you, have other... the, you have the LinkedIn Premium or whatever. I'm sure. Sure. So yeah. yeah. Emails, which costs a fucking fortune. Oh, it's it's, it's big... like five hundred dollars a year or something, isn't it? It is the biggest racket going. It is not a good product. You don't learn anything of value if you're like you use it to evaluate people, right? And yeah. it's people just get it on their soapbox and presenting them exactly how they want to be and a bunch of positivity 
about and then the, you have all those hawks on there trying to sell you why you should use them as a consultant um it really is an interesting racket but hopefully i i hope that um my company can take away some of linkedin's share in due time well i guess it's time to get into the report card yeah let's do that um how about kitchen devices that you find oh. at an Airbnb? Unless you have something else. No, no, no. I like this one. Um, would you like me to go first? Sure. You are, and I can't believe I never thought of this before, you are a crockpot. Because the thing about a crockpot is once you put it in and you get going with it, and you're like, well, what's the hype about this thing? Like, what is it really going to work? Is it going to really cook the meat? Is it on low? Is it on warm? Is it really working? And then once you get in your groove, you're like, wow, this is starting to look good. It's starting to smell good. Worth the time and effort in the crock pot. Slow and steady, but it just takes a while to get started. I think that was kind of your um, performance today. You know what you are? You're a, hmm. you're a salad spinner. Do you do you know like what the shaking? Yeah, the the bowl inside the bowl thing where it like moves it's, around. It's like the, it it takes a couple of different forms, but usually it involves something that you put lettuce into, and then you like spin your you. There's a finger yeah. track that you run around the outside, and it spins the lettuce on the inside. And I think the idea is to throw water off of it. Is that what the purpose the is? I was just going to ask you. It's not to actually like mix the ingredients. No, no, that would make more sense. Um, it also like you can just mix it with a spoon, but sure, it would serve more of a practical purpose than this. This is something that like my mother had growing up. It's something that I've never seen in a, in a 30 year olds household. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something that was sold to everyone, like along with all their Tupperware and stuff back in the eighties. Uh, yeah. I have seen my mother like attempt to do similar things in my house when I've explained to her like, mother, it's it's lettuce. You can just slice it up. It's going to be fun, right? Uh, like it's it's a, it's a fresh head of lettuce, right? You don't need to do anything else to it. Sure, yeah. Uh, other than throw it in the salad. Because, by the way, if we're trying to dry it off here, I'm about to douse it in fucking ranch dressing anyway. So Yeah, it's going to get wet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Um... But yeah, it, you know, it's it's a relic of the past that has made its way into this modern era. It's quaint. It functions. It does what it says it's going to do. No one really needs that. <laughs> but it does do, it certainly, you know, does what, as advertised, it spins your salad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'd say, you know, that was you today. This has been a great show. This informed people of nothing. And it is, I can't tell you how many times I referenced the fact that we're in our mid-30s and our crotchety old men now uh, <laughs> arguing about what everyone else is doing. Spinning that salad. Spinning salads, getting the crock pot going. Beautiful Sunday here. Well, thanks for chiming in. Pleasure as always, Jake. Happy to have this eighth year kickoff here with a bang. Oh, yeah. Thanks so, for uh, thanks for waiting on me to get out of bed, and congratulations on uh, being a father. It's been a great episode, and looking forward to 2022. Sounds thanks, good. Everyone. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.